So miracles happen, right? And, and, and I don't know about you, but my life has been marked by miracles. I mean, just the fact that I'm here is a miracle. I was born addicted to heroin. I wasn't supposed to make it, but God had a plan for my life. And look at someone and say, God has a plan for your life. Actually, wherever I go, and when you guys that are going with me to Mexico, you're here. That's my main message. I was, I, God, I was supposed to die, but God had a plan for my life, and God has a plan for your life as well. And I believe that our lives should be marked by miracles. And I believe that Relentless will be a church that is marked by miracles. Somebody say amen. Come on, you could do better than that. I need somebody to say slap somebody, just do something powerful today. I was like, Ashley, what's going on in here? And she's like, it's just like a, a little sweet spirit. So I hope I, guys don't, I don't put you guys asleep, okay? Just stay awake a little bit longer, all right? So I want to ask a question, what is a miracle? To, to find out about miracles and miracles happen. And, you know, there are many, many churches and many people that don't believe that miracles are for today. But you just heard a testimony that miracles are for today. And I've seen over and over, and I can give you testimony of a testimony of how God is still performing his miracles today. And so basically a good definition for miracles is a miracle is an event which the forces of nature, including the natural powers of man, cannot of themselves produce and which must, somebody say must, therefore be referred to a supernatural agency. We call his name Jesus. Amen. And so listen, uh, what God wants to do in your life, nobody's going to be able to get the glory for it. I, you know, I was so interesting. I was sitting down. I went to um, the place where I came out of ministry over this week, and we had an amazing services. I got a chance to lead worship and preach, and and, uh, and there was just a lot of um, there was a lot of power, a lot of miracles, and things that were happening. And so I went to the uh, lunch room. They have a big ca- cafeteria, and you know, there's there's always one. There's always one. You know, person that you're still working through forgiving and asking the Lord to help. And this lady, many years ago, she would always correct me and always just and not in a good way. She would always it was just and and devious. You know, doing devious things. Have you ever had anybody like that in your life? I'm just keeping it real. I still go through stuff. People, I don't know if they think I just walk on a cloud when I get out of here. That's not the way it happens. And so here I am in a place of, man, God just moved. And this lady, uh, uh, this African pastor from Kenya asked me to sit down and have uh, lunch with him. He wanted to talk to me. And so as I'm sitting down with him, I put my stuff down. She notices that I put my stuff down. She comes to where I put my stuff down while I'm going to get the food. And then she comes down and starts talking to this guy. And in my head, I'm like, I know something is going on. And so I come back, and she says, oh, you were sitting here? Let me move to the other side. And she says, I don't know if you remember, but years and years ago, I prophesied everything that's happening in your life right now and then some. And you know what I said to her? Only God can get the glory out of what he's done in my life. Hello, somebody? Let me try this side over here. Only God can get the glory out of what he's done in my life. And only God can get the glory out of what he's doing and what he's going to do in your life. Don't let man take the glory. We have beautiful spiritual children that we're raising up and we're pouring into, but I will not take the glory for what God is about to do in their life. Only God can get the glory because guess what? It's not me that has to press in for them. It's them that have to press in to get to God. Amen? And so I want to tell you, don't let anyone get the glory for your life. Only God can get the glory. Somebody say amen. 
And so there's some types of miracles that I just want to express to you right now. And, and I want you to write them down because I believe that these are, and there's so many, but these are some that I feel like God wants to work in your life. Number one, one of the miracles is the supernatural work of creation. How many know in the beginning God created uh, the earth and heavens and the earth, and he said what? Let there be light, and light was. And so there's a power that comes, a creative power that comes through the word of God. And, 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 uh, and certain creation activities were accomplished by the word. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were created by the word of God. And this is one of my favorite scriptures, Psalms 33 verse 9, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. When God speaks something over your life, I don't care what natural opposition comes against it, God's word will stand firm. You need to stand firm because his word will never change. Somebody say amen. If God spoke something to you, if God declared something over your life, over your children, over your family, over your business, over your ministry, whatever it is, stand fast in the word of God. Because his word has the creative power to break through boulders, break through barriers. Come on, somebody. Leap over hindrances. Blow up a demonic opposition so that you can walk into the fullness that God has called you to walk into. Nothing is impossible for God. And God wants his word to go forth to create miracles in your life. Somebody say God has miracles in your life. I want to tell you a miracle that God did for, for Ashley and me one time. We were in, I don't know if this kind of fit based on this, but I just excited to talk about it. So, so we were in Israel, and, um, and as I was, you know, there, I've always wanted uh, um, a shofar. That was one of my heart's desires that God would, I would have a shofar. So we were looking, and finally I had my last $100. We were on our way after that to Austria and to Germany. And so I was like, God, I just really want this shofar. I have $100, and the guy was going to give me a deal on the shofar. And I was like, yes. And so as I went to pay it, God said, no. I don't want, don't spend your money. Don't use it on the show, the show far. And I was like, but God, you know, like I want this. This is my desire and I have the money for it finally. Cause I've been to Israel so many times and never got one. And so I remember as I was there, um, uh, the Lord spoke to me, you know, don't spend the money on that. How many know his word can protect you and you need to listen. There was no reasonable, uh, there was no reason for, for him to say that in, in my opinion, but I had to be obedient. And this is how miracles happen. Many times they, when God speaks something to you, his word comes, it, it go, it, it, it's not going to be up to your logic to fig, figure it out. It's going to be by faith you're going to have to understand. Okay, yes, sir, I understand. Don't buy it. I got you. So I'm sitting on the, uh, you know, so we have all these things, and there's some other things that happen. But uh, we got, I don't know if anybody's ever flown Baltic Air before. Probably the worst airline ever, Okay. And so we got to the Tel Aviv, and if you've ever been to Tel Aviv, there's already like, you got to get there like 12 hours before your flight because they're very thorough. Plus, my name is Malik, which doesn't help. So they always check me out, you know, and figure out what's your mom's name, what's your daddy's name, how'd you get this name. It's just, it's just bananas, which I appreciate, but it's a long time. And so as we go through all the customs and I'm exhausted, we go to the baggage claim and they're like, oh, you have to pay for every bag. And I'm like, why do I have to pay for every bag? When I came here, I didn't have to, it's an international flight. And it's like, no, you have to pay for every bag. And so I asked him, well, how much is this all going to cost? How many can guess how much it was going to cost? It was going to cost $100 to get all of our stuff there. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
And so we paid for it and got there. And how many know a year ago, one of my spiritual daughters, Lizzie, bought me a shofar. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord for that. So I finally got one. Don't know if I blew it yet. Oh, there you are. It's so dark here. But uh, I got one. Thank you, Jesus. If anybody else wants to donate to my shofar fund, my cat, pay cat, PayPal account is not playing. <laughs> so God does miracles. Somebody say miracles. Number two, temporary and localized suspension of laws regulating nature. I love these big words. I looked them up. Jesus calmed a ferocious storm on the Sea of Galilee. Let's look at this. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27. And it said, they all got on the boat and began to cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus was exhausted and fell asleep. And suddenly a violent storm developed. Have you ever been on your way somewhere or in a situation in life that all of a sudden a storm arose? And and it says that the waves were so high that the boat was about to be swamped. How many feel like you're about to be? How many have been in that place called about to be? Where you feel like, you know, if if money doesn't come in, I'm about to. If this doesn't happen, I'm about to be. If this, if one more thing happens, then I'm about to be. You understand what I'm saying? And so it says that the boat was about to be swamped, yet Jesus, come on, continued to sleep soundly. Thank you, Jesus. You crying out, Jesus! He's sleeping. And the disciples woke him up saying, save us, Lord, because we're going to die. Isn't that a wonderful confession? But Jesus reprimanded them. Why are you gripped with fear? And so when we're talking about stepping into the realm of miracles, believing God, there is going to be a place that you can step into fear. But God is saying, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? See, Jesus is always trying to locate where you are. He's trying to locate if you believe him or if you don't. And then he stood up and he rebuked the storm and said, be still. And instantly it became perfectly calm. And the disciples were astonished by this miracle and said to one another, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey his word. And so I'm telling you, God will literally stop storms. We have heard the stories of those who are our friends in Destin, Florida, when storms were going to come and rip up the beach that they began. They stood on the, on, the, on the sand and they began to rebuke the winds and how the storm didn't just go the opposite direction. It literally dissipated. I want to tell you that God is faithful. And if you're facing, whether it's a natural storm or a spiritual storm in your life, you have the authority that's in Christ Jesus to stand in that place and tell that storm to be still. Hello. Okay, I think I like three or four people over here. Hello. Amen. How many say miracles happen? They do. Uh, So we got the first one is supernatural work of creation. Second one is the temporary and localized suspension of laws regulated nature. The third one is healing and deliverance. And we saw that, a a display. You heard that story right here of of what God did. I was dealing with something with my back, um, and I was really suffering, and I didn't know what to do. And I had been to the chiropractor many times. This is about maybe like six years ago. And so as I was in pain, uh, I fell asleep, and in, in my sleep, I, I don't know if you guys, some of you guys heard this story, but Joan Hunter, who was here last week, she was in my dream, and Joan Hunter has these ordination schools, and so in the dream, I was at one of her ordination schools, and she spoke to this young man that was in this dream and said, I want you to go pray for Malik, and so this guy came, and he put his hand 
on my, the lower part of my tailbone, and immediately I was healed in the dream. And when I woke up, I was totally healed, wasn't I, Ashley? Totally healed. No more pain. Now, I was foolish, and, you know, where we work out and we do foolish things sometimes when the Lord's teaching me how to lift light now. So I'm not, you know, my heavy lifting days are over for a while, and maybe forever. <laughs> okay. I'll be okay. Y'all pray for me. So healing and deliverance, 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the work of the devil. How many know that sickness is of the devil? Hello? Oppression is from the devil. It's not from God. We have a good father. He's not putting oppression on you and sickness on you so that you can be a better person, so that you can be a stronger person. Now, through the process, you can become stronger if you dig into God's word. But that doesn't mean that you're going to become stronger just because you go through something. There's a lot of people who go through something and become weaker. Hello? Okay, I hope I'm making sense. Acts 10, 38 says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing what? Good and healing all who are oppressed by who? The devil, for God was with them. So healing and deliverance is another way. And so right now, I just want you to say, Lord, thank you for miracles in my life. Every time I speak something, if, if you feel like that's the miracle I need, I need God to stop a storm. I need this to happen in my life. I need God to speak a word. Whatever it is, take a hold of that miracle right now because that miracle work and power is in this place by faith today. Amen. And so number four, divine power over death. I was in a service in, at the Calvary campground, and it was just a, a, a weekend service. Not so many people were there, and they had a, 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 a team from, from uh, China that was there, and, and they had experienced so much warfare, and they were telling us all the testimonies and things that God did. And so as we're in worship, so they were there for a couple of days, and one of the services while they in, were in worship, I, I looked over, and the lady, the main leader, uh, her eyes rolled in the back of her head, and she fell out dead in the service. And so, uh, you know, it, my, the enemy was like, oh, Jesus! But I was, just, I was dumbfounded. You know, I was a new Christian, um, just coming into the things of God, and I was like, man, what in the world is going to have this going to be an interesting service? And so uh, this guy's name is David Henderson. He runs up to this lady. He notices her. He doesn't make a big deal about it, but he, he and I notice what happened. I come over there by him. A couple other people, now they're still worshiping. Most people don't really know what's happening. And I stand over her body, and David Henderson is there, and he looks at her and says, in the name of Jesus, I command life to come back into your body now in Jesus' name. And boop, her eyes open back up. She takes a deep breath, and she comes alive. I want to tell you that there's power in the name of Jesus, and there's resurrection power as well. And, I, and the Lord showed me today that some of you feel like you have dreams that have died. God says, get ready because I'm about to resurrect them. But it's not just about your dreams and stuff. They're going, I'm telling you that we're coming into a day where we're going to literally walk into hospitals and walk into graveyards. Come on, somebody. And it wasn't their time to go yet. And we're going to say, life, come back now in Jesus' name. And Okay. I'm just giving you the word. It's in the word. We can have it. People say, well, that's not for today. Yes, it is. I saw with my own eyes. I think Melody and some other people in here have seen people. You have raised somebody from the dead. So it's here. So if you need some of that, she's going to be here after praying for people. We got some different people praying. If you want to raise the dead, just go to Melody. She'll pray for you. 
Now, now, now listen, if she prayed for you, then guess what? There might be somebody that, I'm, I'm just saying, you can't be squirmy. <laughs> oh, Lord, I want to raise the dead. And bloop, and you're like, oh. <laughs> no, it ain't time to pray in tongues there, baby. You should have been praying in tongues a long time ago. I laugh at people, Lord, use me, use me, Lord. And there's people all around us. Okay. Then with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. And then in front of everyone, somebody say in front of everyone. I want to tell you that the miracles that God wants to do is going to happen in front of everyone. He said in front of everyone. Uh, I lost my place. <clears throat> Lazarus, who had died four days earlier, slowly hobbled out. He still had grave clothes tightly wrapped around his hands and feet covering his face. And Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him loose. Miracles are supposed to happen in the open. God wants to make a display of his glory. Somebody just say yes to the Lord. Say yes, Lord. Lord, we want your miracles. We want your power. We want to see, Lord, <laughs> funny story, when I started to uh, believe God for, you know, you know, resurrection. Um, I used to work at BJ's. How many know what BJ's wholesale is, right? So I used to work there as a cash register, you know, and I used to have tons of testimony, people getting saved and stuff. So one day on my break, uh, I was in the back, I was in the, um, you know, in the back of BJ's, you know, there's a woods back there. And, you know, I was just one of them young, you know, when I see some of our young people, I was just like them. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be in the woods with Jesus. And, oh, God, I just breathe in your, your air. And, you know, I was just like total hippie, you know, just loving Jesus every way possible in nature, right? And so all of a sudden when I'm sitting down, I realize that there's a bird sitting down next to me and it's dying. And I said, a boldness entered in me and I said, this bird is going <laughs> to, this bird is going to live today in Jesus name. And I don't know where I got this faith from, but I had this supernatural faith and I put the bird in my hand and I said, bird, you listen to me. You will live and not die. You will tweet and you will not die in Jesus name. You will soar into the heavens. You will live. And so I was, I was learning at that time that faith takes what? Action. And so I said, okay, God, what can I do, right, to, to say I believe that you're going to heal this bird? So I threw the bird <laughs> in, the, in the air. And I said, live. You will live and not die. And the bird went up, and I saw its wings go out a little bit, and I said, thank you, Jesus. And then slowly but surely, the bird started to spiral down, and I said, no, no, Jesus, I believe, I believe, I believe. Plap. So I heard, I, I held the little birdie in my hand again. It was still breathing. <laughs> and I said, God, I believe. And I said, I'm going to do this again by faith. And I threw the bird up again. And this time I threw him up a little bit higher so I can have more faith as it went up. <sighs> I guess you guys know what happened. The bird hit the ground and I grabbed it in my hand and it let out its last breath. And it said, I hate you. 
True story. Not the hate you part, but I'm sure that's what, I'm sure that's what the bird said. So again, let Melody pray for you, not me, okay? Sean, are you getting all this? We're going to do this, okay, Sean? We got this. All right. Let's keep it moving, okay, before you guys feel like I'm not anointed, okay? And so in the next area that I believe that God wants to, the last area I want to talk about is the miracle of provision. Somebody say God is a provider. And the Bible says this, when the apostles returned in Luke 9, verses 10 through 17, I'll try to read it quick. It said, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and when they withdrew by themselves to a town called Beth, uh, Bethesda, um, Bethsaida, sorry, uh, Bethesda is in Maryland. Um, it's always messed me up, like the Philippines and Philippians, it all, it's just, anyway. Hey, my people's from Philippines, how you say hi in Filipino? Oh, hello, come on. That sounds like Spanish, though. Oh, I forgot y'all connected, okay. So... <laughs> I'm losing right now. I'm winning. I have a winning spirit. But the, but the crowds learned about it and followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed all those who need healing. So there's the miracle. Whenever Jesus is around, miracles happen. And that's why we need to stay in the presence of God and stay loving on God so he can be in our, in our presence so that what? Miracles can happen. And late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go shopping. They can go eat. They can go lodge because we are in a remote place here. We're in the middle of nowhere and there's no McDonald's, no Burger King. There's no, you know, uh, for all our healthy people, Wegmans and Whole Foods. There's none of that Trader Joe's. There's none of that here. And he replied, yeah, Chick-fil-A, but it's closed on Sunday. Why, Chick-fil-A, why? We believe that you believe God. And he replied, you give them something to eat. So he's telling them, now you do it. You give them something to eat. And they answered and said, we only have five loaves of bread and two fishes. Have you ever said that to your spouse or to your friend and said, I want to do this, but I only have this much. I only have this. I can't really do it because I only have this much. And it says, they answered and said, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. And we know about the treasure of Judas. They wasn't trying to ask him for no money. So about 5,000 men were there, but he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And then the disciples did, the disciples did so and sat everyone down, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks, he broke it, and, and then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And listen to this, they all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. God wants to provide for you in supernatural ways. How many need supernatural provision? I want to tell you that God is faithful and that he will provide. He will provide. God will do things that will blow your mind. You know, I was, uh, I guess it's okay for me to tell this, this, this testimony. You tell me if it's not okay. Just, it's okay? Because you're part of it. Okay, great. So I was, um, uh, we had a car and we desperately needed another one just because of what was uh, going on in our lives, and we just needed uh, something a little bit more uh, stable. And so uh, we had been sowing seeds, you know, for a van, and we received a van, but then we were praying and saying, God, you know, actually, I wasn't, let me not tell I really wasn't praying. I was actually happy with the car as long as it kept driving. I said this, I kept declaring every time I got in the car, you will last as long as I need you. 
right? You will not die. You will last as long as I need you. So that car lasted. And I came home from church a couple, maybe like a year ago. I came home from church, and as I was falling asleep, the Lord said to me, he said, I want to give you a Toyota Camry. And I said, a Toyota Camry? Like, okay. So I went to sleep. I woke up, told my wife. Roxy calls me. Roxy says, Malik, I had a dream about you today. All right, I'll stop talking. She's from Jamaica, by the way. But anyway, and she said, I had a dream about you, and I saw a white Camry parked. I could see right through, because she used to live across the street from us. I said, I could see a white Camry, like, right in, in near your parking lot. I was like, what? That's amazing. So I was texting people, like, hey, well, how's a Camry? I text Kevin, say, hey, Kevin, do you know anything about Camrys? He was like, I have a Camry, actually. And then he was like, and it was this weird conversation that him and his wife began to have, like, should I tell him or not tell him? And we were just, I was like, what is going on? So I think God had already put it in Kevin's heart to get another car. So this is, this, like, I'm having all this encounter, but God, so basically me calling him up and asking him this question was a confirmation to him. He was like, I, I need to get another car. And the Lord told me when I give, get my car to give you my car. Somebody say, a miracle can happen now. And he was like, well, I got to do some work. And I know, Kevin, I want it right now. In <laughs> Jesus' name. No, bro. So, I mean, it's a hybrid 2009. Thank you, brother. But how many know there was the Lord? The Lord provides. Somebody say the Lord provides. And so God is doing miracles all around. Now, let me, let me just kind of speed this up. I have like another whole message that I want to preach, but I don't really have time. So just take my word for it. Read in your private time. Read this scripture. John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, Jesus was at a wedding ready to turn it up. And as he was at this wedding, they were drinking, and guess what? They ran out of wine. <laughs> he turned the water into wine. Okay. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And so Jesus, so Jesus' mom sees this thing happening, and she knows who he is. And so she comes up to him and says, hey, it's time to do your thing, Jesus. And Jesus is, I'm paraphrasing, Jesus is like, woman? No, man. It was actually a very endearing woman. He was like, mom, like, I'm with my friends. Leave me alone. <laughs> so it probably was more like that. <laughs> And then she was like, do whatever he says to do. And they, they didn't show this in the scripture, but he, she probably like, you better do what I say, boy. <laughs> you know? And so Jesus told him to fill the water pots, and we know what happened. The water actually turned into wine, and it was amazing. And, and, but let me, let me just say this. Many times we have heard that um, the best is yet to come, and I preach this message here. But I want to tell you that when, when this person received the wine at the end, when the water, he said most people save, you know, the, the, the cheap stuff for the end because people are already drunk and they don't even know, like, what's good or what's not good. But he said you have saved the best till now. And I want to tell you that when we talk about miracles, we're not talking about miracles for tomorrow. We're not even talking about, and it's good that we talk about miracles from yesterday, but how many know a miracle can happen right now? God wants miracles to happen in your life right now. Somebody say right now. Come on, believe it. Somebody say right now. Somebody say right here and right now. How many need a miracle? While I'm saying this, I want you to think about the miracles that you need God to. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I need some. I need about an $880,000, $75,000 miracle. Amen. I need a miracle, a miracle above miracle, a miracle of miracles. 
Faith is now, listen to this, Mark 11, 21, 24. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, talking about the fig tree that he cursed. He said, you cursed the fig tree, and look, it is withered. And then Jesus said this, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Whenever we pray, when we, it's not about tomorrow. It's about right now. When we pray, we need to believe that we have it now. You might not have, uh, you might not see it. It might not be manifested, but you have to believe in your heart that the moment that you prayed, that your Father in heaven heard you, and it's it's already in working. The miracle is already in working. I don't know what you need from the Lord. I don't know what you're believing God for, but I want to tell you that it's already in motion. Somebody say, my miracle is already in motion. My miracle has already happened. Things are already happening behind the scenes. I was in in another story in, in Israel, and I was and I was believing God for a camera, and I was saying, God, I, I really believe that you want me to take pictures and capture some of the things that were happening in Germany, and so, and you know, we, we sometimes we think about the big things, but God cares about the little things as well, and he was teaching me, he was training me, and so as I was worshiping, I saw the camera, and so in, in the spirit realm, and so Lord, I said, I believe, now this is crazy for some of y'all, but for me, I know what I'm doing, so I said, Lord, I believe you for this camera, and I reached in by faith faith and I took a hold of that camera. I took it. And while I saw it, when I prayed, I took it as a sign and said, Lord, I received this camera. How many know two weeks later, we were at this lady's house that someone wanted to introduce me to from Austria. And guess what? She was a photographer. And so as we were there, she kept looking at me and looking at me. And then the next day she's looking at me. Then we were in a service and she came up to me and gave me a brand new camera. Somebody say, God knows your little, and if God wants to give you a camera, God can do so much more. And so when we're talking about miracles, we have to learn how to receive miracles by faith. Somebody say, by faith. Come on, say, by faith. Come on, give me 10 more minutes. Somebody say, by faith. And there's some things that you need to know about faith. The number one thing is that faith does not deny the facts. We don't walk around saying, oh, oh, everything's okay, everything's okay, everything's okay. See, faith doesn't deny the facts. It faces the facts without being disheartened by them. Hello? So faith faces the facts without being disheartened by them because you know God is bigger than the problem. And so when you see a situation and you say this is not what God says, your heart is not going to be troubled because your faith is in him. And you know that God is bigger than the boogeyman. So faith doesn't deny the facts, and faith is not influenced by the facts. Faith doesn't deny problems exist. This is Bill Johnson. He deny, It denies it a place of influence. So I'm looking at a situation. It looks way bigger than me, and so I'm going to cower and stop confessing and stop believing because this is way too big, and maybe I just need to humble myself. No, 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 no. You need to go forward. If God said it, let it be, then you go forward and you, you see the miracle hand of God. We have to be a people that are not timid. I'm telling you, there are seasons where God wants to comfort you, but there are seasons that God wants to push you out and say, you can do it. Go, change the world. Somebody. But this is the one I love the most, and I talked about this a little bit when I was preaching at the camp. Uh, when, when Mary came to Jesus, she knew who he was. She knew him. She knew that he wasn't just her son. She knew that he was the son of God. 
And she put a demand on that. And I want to tell you that this is the key recipe. This is the ingredient for the recipe of your miracle is that you put faith in him before you put faith for something. Many times we want faith for something. Oh, I'm believing for this, and I'm believing for this, and I'm believing for this. But let me tell you, if you get out there in this, in this trail called faith and you get to this place and you're believing for something, but you didn't start it with believing in him when the obstacles come, when the things come to shake you and to knock you off track, guess what? If your faith is not strong in him, you will falter. So to get a miracle before you believe for something, make sure that you believe in someone. Hello? I know a lot. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the beginning of your miracle. He's at the end of your miracle. Isn't that what happened with the, with the, with the, the leprous men? And, and, and they all came and, and Jesus healed them. And, and then they went, away, went their way, but the one turned around and said thank you to him. He put his focus and attention on him, and then by doing that, he was made whole. There's something that happens when you begin to put your hope and your trust in God, not in man. Listen, when you're believing for a miracle, stop looking. Listen, my wife said the other day, well, I I just don't know how it's going to happen. I said, I don't care how it's going to happen. God could do it. I mean, God could literally, I mean, an armored truck could roll up to my house tonight with money and throw it on my, and I just be like, thank you, Jesus. Like, for me, nothing is impossible. I mean, uh, the builders can walk up to us and find our address on Google and just say, the Lord's, I don't know, God can do anything. However he wants to do it, I'm not limiting God. If you're believing for a miracle, you, you can't limit God, but you have to put your faith in him. Somebody say faith in before faith for. That's a good equation. Because I've seen so many people, and every time you talk to them, I'm believing for, I'm believing for, I'm believing for. And then they're upset and they're disheartened when things don't turn out the way they want to because they didn't first stand fast in faith in. And that's that what Job said, whether you slay me or whatever, I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to serve you because, God, you're good. See, what happens is if you're just believing for something but you're not building a relationship with them, when the storms of life come, you're, you're going you're to waver. But the one who built his house upon a rock, that rock is Christ. He has unshakable faith. The Bible says that the storms weren't able to shake him. Do you have unshakable faith? Unshakable faith comes with a relationship with Jesus. Okay, I'm going to keep moving. Somebody say amen. Last thing. So this is what God is looking for, to see your miracle. God is looking for a vessel. Isn't that what Jesus said? Look, find these vessels. God is looking for someone to say, God, whatever you want to do, do it through me and to do it to me and through me. I remember when God was training me up, he said, Malik, before I can do something through you, I need to do something to you. And so when we're believing for a miracle, say, God, do whatever you want to do. Do it however you want. Let me just stay connected to you. Let me not lose my salvation in the midst of believing for this miracle. Amen. And let me walk in the places that you want me to walk and let me be a vessel that you can use. God is looking for a vessel. Are you a vessel that God can pour out his miraculous power through? Are you a vessel that not only like Kevin, that miracles cannot actually just come to you, but through you? Number two, God is looking for radical obedience. When Peter was talking about the taxes, Jesus told him, well, go down to the river here, you know, go to the fish and pull out a gold coin. Some of y'all have been like, what? This is crazy. I don't even fish. Well, Peter did. But he knows there ain't no gold coins in fish's mouths. 
because he was a fisherman. But he was obedient, and because of his obedience, he was able to take that which was supernatural. Your obedience will lead you to the supernatural. Somebody say amen. Look at somebody and say, your obedience is going to lead you to the supernatural. Your obedience to God, your obedience to his word. And last thing is that God is looking for someone who is believing now. He's looking for a now person who believed that God can do it for me right now. I told my wife the other day, and we got this prophetic word uh, about two years ago from Sean Boltz, right when, well, three years ago, right before we about to plant the church. He said, uh, Malik, you have great faith for the future, but God is saying that he wants you to have faith right now, every day to live a lifestyle of revival, to believe that revival is here right now, right now, right now. And that stuck with me because God is saying, I'm looking for someone who will believe Right now. Believe right now. How many know what you do right now will affect your tomorrow? How many know that if you, uh, I think Dave Ramsey says, if you live like no one today, you'll live like no one tomorrow. And many times we spin, we spin, we spin, we spin, acting like there's no tomorrow. And what God is saying, if you would learn how to steward my miraculous, if you will learn how to believe me on a daily basis, not just when you need it, that's what happens. We get sick, things come up, and we say, oh, my God, Lord, I need this. But God is saying, will you believe me every day, live a lifestyle, build those faith muscles up so that when the obstacles come, you're ready. Somebody say, I'm ready. And there's so much more I can say. Why don't we do this? Why don't we just stand up on our feet? The Bible says at the end of this, it says, this was the beginning of signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. And I believe that now is always your beginning of miracles. God, you can do it right now. Whatever that miracle is that you need, I just want you to get it in your, in your thoughts, in your heart, and maybe the worship team could come up. Just get that miracle. Whatever it is that you're believing God, maybe it's you know, it doesn't always have to be a something substance as far as a, a, a car or a house or something. Maybe it's just your heart. Maybe there's some, there's some emotional things. Maybe you're just believing for a miracle in your heart. Maybe there's some things that you're having a trouble to overcoming. And you just need a word from the Lord to bring that miracle working power to begin to impact your heart. Whatever that miracle that you need from the Lord, just right now, just go ahead and just begin to believe him. 